Welcome to the Connectors Podcast, the show that explores the importance of making meaningful connections for personal and professional growth and happiness. We will share how building and recognizing strong connections in life can help you achieve your goals, find fulfillment in your work, and how you can create opportunities to build a purposeful and fulfilling future. Come along for the journey and let's connect. Welcome to today's episode of The Connectors. We are speaking with with our friend Jerry Hall, where we have an enlightening discussion about his son and how he inspired him to write a story that has led to the eight pillars of success in his business. We talk about it's not the goal we attain, but the person we become along the way. You cannot outperform your self-image we carry on the conversation with how success is structural and we unpack that systems are more important over individual talent stay tuned and keep on listening like follow and subscribe all right hi quentin hi jerry how are you hi good good. how are you doing good thanks good welcome to the connectors jerry we're excited to have you here today well it's a pleasure to be here thank you thank you for having me thank you okay uh so just a little bit of a background uh jerry has been referred to us a few times through other guests that we've had on the show so we've been excited to get into a conversation with you um as i know you have a really interesting background and some uh great stories to share with us so um could you tell us a little bit about how you got started in helping people reinvent themselves and um, how you cultivate a success mindset with the people that you work with? Well, I appreciate you for giving me this opportunity. And again, thank you very much for having me on today. How I got to where I am right now has happened pretty much by accident. And it, it all stemmed out of the pandemic back in um, starting in May of 2020. I think a lot of us back then didn't have an idea or clue what we were going to do or what was going on in the world. And I think for some of us, we took advantage of that to give ourselves an opportunity to reinvent ourselves. And Mm -hmm. because at the time I was 55 years old and I really didn't know what I was going to do with the rest of my life. Um, Some of my friends were teachers and they were already kicked back, put their feet up and they were retiring. But I still felt I had a little bit of rubber left on the tire so i wanted to do something differently and so it's always been a part of my bucket list that i wanted to at one point in my life go from a stage of success into a stage of significance where i could take a lot of the things that i was able to learn from mentors and from teaching over the years that hopefully i could actually take that information and give it back in some way shape or form i had no idea how i was going to do that but uh, it was always a dream of mine and the pandemic give me that opportunity to or that platform where i could actually think it through and put myself in a position where i could actually start helping people and i think the pandemic did that 
for a lot of us, didn't it? I mean, I know it did for myself and Quentin and I speak about this often. Uh, the word reinvention resonates with us highly <laughs> because yeah. we, we met through a reinvention uh, certification program that we took, right. uh, mm -hmm. not at the same time, but that is how we basically um, joined forces together was through collaborating uh, in reinvention. Right. Um, so what are you finding is are some of the, you know, after speaking with people that are coming out of the pandemic and you're having these conversations yeah. and you're bringing all these things together, what are you finding is, is becoming, you know, the main area of focus to, to help people, you know, achieve their success post pandemic? Right. I, I think for me, it was, it was an incredibly eye opening experience for me because I've been a entrepreneur my entire life, but it was in industries that I was in the financial industry and then I was in the marketing sponsorship design industry and the professional racing industry. And so it was kind of a, a close community that I was always a part of. And one of the things I found very surprising that there was a large demographic of people like myself, anybody over the age of 45 who um, were feeling kind of lost, almost felt like their usefulness in today's world had been pushed to the side. And I was also finding that there was a huge segment of our population between the ages of 18 and 35 who are just starting off in life and maybe for economic reasons, the economy or whatever it is, just don't experience a lot of hope. Mm -hmm. And so when I really st started studying this, I realized the number one challenge for most people is that there was just, they didn't think they had options. They didn't feel that they themselves were capable of sort of penetrating this world. And if you were in later stages, a demographic like me, you almost felt like your usefulness had expired, so to speak, and you were basically forced out to pasture. And what I have found in my studies and, and my readings and my mentors who worked with me in the past, I've, I've, I've always been a big believer that if somebody has this incredible burning desire inside, it doesn't make a difference who they are, where they come from, that if they really truly do want to do something special in their lives, they'll find, if they have that will, they'll, they'll find a way, so to speak. And and just by chance, when I started this um, business of mine, the New Millennial Success Academy, I had another incredible thing take place in my life with respect to my deaf and autistic son, because he was able to accomplish a goal that no one, and I mean nobody thought possible, including his mother and myself. And so when he went out and accomplished this goal, it set me on a path to say, look, I really need to look into this whole success thing and what anybody can do to put the pieces in place so that they too can go out and become successful in their lives. Mm -hmm. I loved the short story that you wrote about Thomas's journey and yeah. The steps at the end of how you'd observed Thomas going through this journey yeah. and how he had like positive thinking about the future and about um, his goals and how he yeah. was hopeful and then yeah. how he used resources to get him there. It was amazing. It was very heartfelt yeah. and a beautiful story from a father. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed reading it. Thank you, Jerry, for sharing it with us. Oh, you're quite welcome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious how you, I guess, uh, developed or, or uncovered those eight pillars. Yeah. Do you want to walk us through that a little bit? Abs absolutely. Mm -hmm. And for the listeners, I'll just tell them a little background on the story. Um, mm -hmm. My son, Thomas, when he was 23 years old, going back seven years ago, 
he's the youngest. I mean, the oldest of our four children. We have he has two younger brothers, and his youngest, our youngest, is his um, little sister. And one of the things happened between the ages of 20 and 23, he started to see his younger siblings get driver's licenses. And he saw them gaining independence. Um, one of them went off to school and they had their own cars. And for him, it, he wanted to do that himself. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, because of just the, the autism alone, he academically operates at a grade one, two level. And you couple that in with the profound deafness. We just knew that it would be practically impossible for him to do that. And it wasn't just us. All the experts, the, the doctors, the uh, the teachers, the therapists, they just said um, just on the sheer academic side and writing that test, it just wouldn't be possible. But one person wouldn't listen to that, and that was my son, Thomas. So <laughs> he was very um, adamant about he wanted to get a driver's license and buy a car. And so he kept pushing myself, my wife, Lisa, and I, and just kept saying, I want to get a license. I want to get a license. And we were kept putting it off because we didn't want to disappoint him and say, no, you can't but your younger siblings can. And so mm -hmm. at one point he just pushed enough that we just said, all right, let's go for it. And, and, and I'm, you know, I'm ashamed to say almost that we were only whole, almost hopeful that when he did fail, he would give it up, mm -hmm. but he didn't fail for about three and a half years. He got up every day, put on his boots and he just went to work. And so we put um, so many different things in place, but he did all the hard work. We had to find somebody who could teach him the um, the owner um, the driver's manual, and we were fortunate enough to come across somebody who um, was profoundly deaf himself, but he lip wrote, he could read lips. He just come to Canada and he was studying for his PhD, and he wanted to work with Thomas. And for the first couple months, we didn't see a lot of results, good positive results. But then this gentleman who was working with Thomas one day started identifying learning patterns that nobody else had ever seen before. Mm -hmm. And so he started applying these and Thomas's um, test scores just started to rise. And he, they started breaking through the 75% threshold, which what you would have to get to pass the exam. And after hundreds of mock exams, you know, nine months later, he went to the exam center and he wrote the exam and he passed. And we it's couldn't amazing. believe it. Wow. Yeah. So this you know, doctor just really studied him, like studied yeah. him hard to see how he learned, yeah. how he could improve, how he could. I mean, if we could all have that kind of, I think, support to get where we yeah. wanted, it would be amazing. But that, yeah. yeah, he was and he was um, deaf himself. So he had a certain appreciation for what it's like to have that kind of challenge. And he understood the autism side, but he was just a really encouraging person and he worked on repetition over and over again which is a skill we all need to do to get good at anything mm. and so when he got that license the the g1 my wife and i for the next three months sat in the passenger side of that car and every night thomas would go to the uh parking lot westmount mall and he would drive around there and he would back in back out just to get the feel for the car mm. and then he got onto the city streets and we drove around the city for a while and then he hit the county roads and and after doing that for about 10 months and my wife and I exhausted because every other night, one of us had to go out with him for about two or three hours and we we're spending thousands of dollars on gas. Yeah. Um, he came to us and said, I want to get my G2. And that would allow him not only to buy a car, but for him to actually drive by himself. And so then the, the challenge again was let's find somebody who would be able to actually teach him to drive. And I, I was, 
shocked to find that there was no resources in the province of Ontario for people in this situation. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we exhausted all the options. And then we got a call back from one of the driving schools and they said, look, we have an individual who's not deaf, but we're pretty sure he can convey the, enough information with Thomas to pass the exam. So they literally went out on between 25 and 30 two and a half hour sessions in the car, teaching them how to do this stuff, trying to oh. convey the information. And, you know, and then one time, I mean, then back in February, I think a couple of years ago, just before the pandemic in 2020, he went out and um, pa um, passed the exam, the very first try. I'm not ashamed to say I failed my driving test for the first time. <laughs> Me and, too. <laughs> no, Me too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't. And the, the, the examiner thought what he did was just, they, he said he was perfect. And so he was able to get that. And then he had, you know, he'd saved up enough money and make a long story short, he was able to buy a car fully licensed and make this dream come true. And then during, just shortly after the pandemic end, he was able to go get his G his G license because there were somewhat of restrictions on it because of COVID and stuff like that. But now he's a fully licensed driver and um, fully insured and his life's never been better. What a wonderful story. I'm just yeah. blown away. I yeah. mean, if I think about the things that I've given up when I've tried them, you know, it's been hundreds and yeah. to just to see, I've heard a few things you say a couple of times, um, repetition, perseverance, um, you know, we all possess those things, yeah. but it's, mm. I think, getting in the habit of practicing them. Yeah. And, and you, yeah. you know, oh, sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. No, oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I was really quite um, amazed by the whole process because you're absolutely right. Repetition, anything, if we want to get good at anything, we call it practice. Most people, if, if it's in a sport or wherever, we just practice things over and over and over again. But um, to, take what my son did and sort of like convey it into why I started the business. It was a really funny thing is after he had got his um, driver's license, I was really um, as a father incredibly proud of him because it was something that nobody thought he could do except for himself. And so I wanted to have an account for it. So I just wanted to write this short little story and have it set aside so that say 20 years from now that his brothers or his little sister could actually read it and truly appreciate what he accomplished. And mm -hmm. so I just wrote this short story. It's like 4,000 words. It's about 20 minute read. And it, it's just an account of what he did. And I remember giving it to a friend of mine and said, look, could you cross the T's and dot the I's? He's a former school teacher. And I said, so I could just have it grammatically sound. So I could just save it as an ebook and set it aside. And if anybody wanted to read it, because we had some family that were interested in what he was doing as well. Mm -hmm. And he said, sure. So he, I, 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 I complete the story. And I sent it to him and he calls me later that night and he says, you got something here. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, this was just at the start of the pandemic. And he said, he goes like, there's a lot of hopelessness in the world, a lot of uncertainty. He said, this is the kind of story that's going to inspire people and give them hope. And I said, seriously. And he said, yeah, this is kind of like Ted talk stuff. And so with his encouragement and some other people, we put it together as an, um, an ebook and we put it online on a sales platform and we just shared it you know, the story um, that we're of what our son done. And we had a little um, short story that we were offering. And lo and behold, over the course of two weeks, the story was being shared and sold and read worldwide. Mm -hmm. And there was people from all over the world reaching out to me to do podcasts and live radio interviews because people were just getting caught up on this thing. 
and after one particular interview um, live that I had in the UK and London, after the interview, it was just a five, seven minute interview. The producer told me that there was literally hundreds of thousands of people listening to this live because they'd done a promo on it. And I, I just realized at that point there that what my son had done, coupled with me wanting to do something like that, it became my mission in life at that point there to share his story and how he did it so that other people can go out there and make their goals and dreams come true. If you've got a story inside of you, consider pitching it to us, the connectors. Get in touch with us on any of our social media platforms and either Joe or myself, Quinton, will get back to you. So come join us on the show and let's connect. Yeah, after I read that story, I thought to myself, okay, wow, this is a dedicated father. I appreciate <laughs> that. A, a dedicated family because it wasn't just you. It was he had yeah. a team of people and support that, that he needed. And, you know, if I can reiterate this again, we talk about that in the show that you need to su surround yourself with the right people yeah. at, all, at all times to succeed. Um, so it seems like some of these kind of pillars that we talk about have this common common thread and common mm -hmm. theme exactly he also has like he also had a mentor and a coach in the phd student who yes. was someone who was also deaf so could reach into his world yes and show him a path and yeah say, look if i can get a phd level as a deaf person you can too reach yes. your peak of your mountain yeah and even though they weren't blood relatives there's a certain community i'm sure it has in all like the the blind community or the deaf community um they were sort of like brothers mm. that way is that he was um the fellow who helped them with some was was invested into thomas's life because he wanted him to do well and he knows what it's like to struggle in 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 getting back um Jolene, what you were saying yeah it does take a community and and i would be really remiss if i didn't mention um the fact that Thomas is who he is today, I get to be the fun guy. Most dads do. But the reason why he was even got to that level in his life where he was able to do this stuff was all because of his mom. Because my wife, Lisa, from the day he was born, he was born at 27 weeks and he was two pounds, five ounces and spent 10, 10 weeks in the neonatal intensive care unit here in London, Ontario. And from day one, um, he became my, my wife's and his mother's number one priority. And mm -hmm. so this was before Google and mobile phones and PCs and that. And my mm -hmm. wife was on the phone every day calling people, going to meetings, thousands of miles of travel, you know, just to give him the tools and the resources and fought for him, you know, just day in and day out to get him into programs and funding and all this kind of stuff. So you know, um, like I said, I, I'm the one that gets to tell the story, but quite honestly, if my wife hadn't done what she had done in those first five formative years of his life, you know, none of this would have happened. Yeah. What's your wife's name? Her name's Lisa. 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 Yes. Well, massive props to Lisa. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to give Reach her a shout out. out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mums get it done. <laughs> Mums get it done. Uh, I'm curious about Thomas. Is he, is he, um, very determined like and, and strong-willed and as a person himself yeah um, when he was a little guy it was unbelievable because of the 
um, the deafness and the autism, he's um, his life's somewhat um, limited in his exposure. So he certainly lives in a smaller bubble than most of us. But all oh, like, and I hate using the expression pig-headed, but when he was a little kid, if he didn't want to do something, he just wouldn't do it. And he was very, maybe it's because he had a certain degree of OCD as well too, is that when he got focused on something, it was, it was amazing. And even now with his car, if he wants to fix something before I can even get him to the shop, he's actually tearing it apart, fixing it himself, going on YouTube now, figuring out how to do it. And I will tell you, one of the incredible things happened that I never expected to happen because there's so many wonderful things, the ripple effects from our accomplishments that we go into different areas of our life that we never thought we would. When he accomplished this goal and got his license, it changed his way of thinking too. His, his um, vision got bigger. So he does things now in his life that I never even imagined, like his vocabularies increased dramatically, his writing skills. He's taking up things like cooking and baking. And, um, and it's um, so he'll watch stuff on YouTube and then he sends my wife and I out for a list for foods. And he, it's just, but it's his entire world because he, he climbed this one Mount Everest in his life and was able to break that barrier. And so what it did, it opened up this floodgate of possibilities and opportunities. And that's what happens in all of our lives, that it's not just the goal we attained. It's who we became along the way and the skills we developed and the resilience and the perseverance and the belief in ourselves so that when we do bust through that door, there's a, a lot bigger space that we can go out and explore and, and conquer as well. And, and I've seen this with Thomas, and quite honestly, I never expected that to happen. Mm -hmm. Apologies, I'm looking down. I'm just writing, but I love what you just said there. It's not the it's not the goal we attain along the way, but the person, or not the goal that we attain, but the person we become along the way. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I couldn't agree more with that. And you know, goals I do find uh, give you confidence. So when you reach a goal, yeah, it's not it's not that the end destination. Sometimes you get there and you're like, oh, I thought it might feel different. Right. But that's why it's good to give your you know um, take take uh, time to give yourself props for like little milestones that you oh, yeah. reach. And, um, you know, if you're working with other people, you celebrate a team when you, yeah. each time you reach a goal and it's, it's that journey along the way that definitely uh, does make you a different person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we, and we found with even, and I've done this in my life and I do it even more so now with Thomas, but it was kind of like, I've always believed that you, when you do have an identifiable goal, something that you want, you have this burning desire for, you certainly, you, you go out there and you find out, yeah, this is what I want to do in my life. And then you break it in the incremental steps coming back. Mm. Well, that it, right down to what you have to do on a daily basis, what you have to do in a weekly, monthly, quarterly and all that. But you also have to have road markers along the way mm -hmm. to identify that you're making progress. And then when you do hit those road markers, you got to celebrate it. I'm a big fan of chocolate cake and that. So it's not uncommon for me to just grab a cake, not just because I love it, but to come home and celebrate certain milestones as we reach it. So many people think that until you get the brass ring or you hoist the cup, you're mm -hmm. not a winner. It's not. That's not the case at all. It's it's every day you get a little bit better. You improve a little bit better. And 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 we saw it with Thomas, just the confidence level and the belief level in us that just maybe this thing's going to happen. And at the end, everybody on our family was just on board with this journey, just so excited to see it come to fruition. 
It sounds like you're hinting at your zero to 100 mindset experience in some <laughs> yeah. of what you're talking about. Can you tell us more about this new development? Yeah, and it, because I, I've always been a big believer, like I said, in with when Thomas accomplished this, I, I'll just give you a little bit of background on it. Um, I will tell you this, when he did accomplish this goal, it, it, it was a little confusing for me because I wanted to share the story, but I didn't know how to explain it. And what I mean by that is that my definition of a success always growing up was that if you work hard, you're reasonably intelligent, um, you're somewhat competitive, gregarious, outgoing type of thing. And if you put in the time, you can become successful. And since I fit into that category, I never ever questioned it. But when Thomas accomplished what he was able to accomplish, it didn't make sense to me because his definition and how he did it didn't fit into my equation. So I'll, I'll be honest, I was thinking, well, how can I even share this story if I don't know how he did it? So I, I, I for about six months um, during the, the pandemic and the early stages of it, I went back and I talked to some old mentors and I pulled out notes and things I'd read and my own experiences. And I was taking out all the things that I was told you had to do to become successful. And I was putting it on top of a desk in different categories. And then I laid all this stuff out and then I took what Thomas had done and I laid it down on top of that. And I took out all the commonalities and I was able to come up with eight basic pillars that we, we talked about um, right up front. Now there's other stuff there as well too. And that stuff's still important, but that's more of the fluffy stuff that we had to do. But I wanted to get down to a certain current or certain threads of success that were common to everybody. And because if I had those then, then I could teach people the same strategies and tools and things that my son was able to do. But I will tell you this, is that there were two glaring conclusions that came out of this entire process. And there were things I've done all my life, but I, I never knew I was doing them. I was just doing them. And many successful people don't know how to become successful, but they just do it. And here are the two glaring conclusions. And if people understand these and they do a deep dive on them, they can go out there and become successful. The first one was I found out that success, um, it's, it's not personal, it's structural. And what I mean by that, so many times we will look at a successful person and we'll think, oh, okay, they're smarter. They come from this family or they have this education or they have, you know, they have the financial means. And we think that's that person. Yeah, they could become successful. But someone like me, no. What I found out is that success is actually mentally structural. That if we think a particular way and we understand how our mind operates, it doesn't make a difference about all that other superficial stuff we can go out and become successful. So the first one was that success is structural, it's not personal. And the second thing, as I realize, is that systems were so so much more important than um, individual talent. Mm. That if there's a system and you have um, a strategy to follow that's tried and true and other people have done, it doesn't make a difference about your personal skill level going into it because you're gonna learn those skills by just plugging into the system. That's why people will pay a million and a half dollars for a McDonald's franchise, not because their dream is to sell burgers and fries, but they just know we're buying a system. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter about my ability to do it, but if I follow that system, I'm gonna become successful also. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, by studying what Thomas did and coupling that with my own experiences and success and my mentors and my readings, 
you know, I was able to put myself in a position where, okay, if I'm going to teach people how to reinvent themselves, how to become successful, then we're going to have to start working on the structural part of the mind. Mm. That, wow. <laughs> you can find us on the following social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. It just resonates me with me well, um, but also blows my mind um, because I just think I like you. I grew up in an environment where success was determined by, you know, certain certain benchmarks. Like you know, you have a nice big house, you have a great job, you make a certain yes. amount of money, you have a nice car, you have the kids, you have all the things, all all the visual things that we see on the external. Right. Um, that this is the first time I've heard it explained in such a way that that the structural component I understand. Yeah. Um, you know, my definition of success the last eight years was being a great, you know, a single mother to my son. Right. And so I focused heavily on that component for myself. Yeah. Mm. And I I could I'm the only one that could determine what that looked like. Right. Yeah. So and I think that's what um, is what you're saying. It's the structure that we work within. Yeah. And, yeah. But although it was personal as well. <laughs> yeah. It was you personal know, as well. I, I heard <laughs> the, the perfect definition of success and I and I stole it from Earl Nightingale. And he said, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. And that worthy ideal mm -hmm. is what's important to you in your life. That if every day you're progressing closer and closer to that, like Thomas did, then we're success in our life. Mm -hmm. So many times, like I said, um, people, it has to be the ring or it has to be hoisting the cup. It's not. And, and we, we, we beat ourselves up way too much because we haven't done that stuff yet. But if, if you're getting just a little bit better every day, you understand the difference it can make. I, I was at this seminar once and, 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 and the speaker said, he goes, look at this. He goes, if you're on a line, straight line walking down the road and you just make a quarter of a degree move to the left, that's no big deal. Nobody's going to notice it. But if you keep on that track a year from now, you'll be a hundred miles away from if you stayed on the other one. And mm -hmm. that was in, 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 when I picture things like that, I go, you're absolutely right. You don't have to do it all overnight. Mm -hmm. If you just get a little bit better every day. And, and that's what I strive to do in our in my life. And that's what I teach people. I said, look, it took us 50 years. In my case, it took me 55 years to get to where I was at that stage of my life. I'm not going to change it overnight, but I can start using, strategies and techniques and I can compress time frames. Like I tell people now, I said, you know, I want you to show you how to compress decades into days mm -hmm. because what took me decades to learn, I'm taking those skills and, and techniques now and showing people how to completely revamp their life over the course of seven to 10 days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you find uh, it? Go ahead. Go for it. No, no, go for it. Oh, I was just going to ask if you, do you think success can be a moving target as well? Because I like sometimes I think my mind shifts depending on what's going on in my life. Like my values stay the same, but the level is depending on what's happened up until that point, something may need to shift. And I, I don't know if that's part of the reinvention component. Yeah. Um, so, how, you know, do you still apply the same pillars even yeah. if your definition of success changes? Yeah, it, it, it does. And, and you know what? I, I, will, I will tell you this. Here's what I, uh, one of the very first things I'll tell people, and, and you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of trying to contain myself because I can go full bore on this stuff, but then we'd be here for about go for five it. hours. <laughs> no, we'd be here for five hours and your listeners would get tired of this. But I will tell you this, 
and this is so important for people to understand, you cannot outperform your self-image. How you perceive yourself, you cannot outperform it. So I'll have people all the time says, I just keep hitting that glass ceiling. I just can't bust through. And I say, the reason why is that your self-image, you don't believe you can do this. Mm. So success in getting to the, this, like I said, in my course, the Zero to 100 uh, Mindset Experience, we go back and we take a look at our beliefs and our thoughts. Where do they come from? How to disempower, you know, uninstall these disempowering thoughts and how to install empowering thoughts and how to overcome a procrastination and how to set goals and, you know, how to how to build good self-esteem and, you know, healthy habits. So we teach people how to do all this stuff. But the one thing most importantly is that we have to change our identity. And how we change our identity is our belief system, what we believe about ourselves. And so we can start doing that immediately. And in a perfect example, there's my son, his identity changed dramatically during this process because he was able to accomplish something that nobody else believed he could do that. And mm -hmm. so that's why he's able to do so much more now. And to get back to your question there, Jolene, about moving targets, absolutely. When I started this academy, here was my goal. I was going to have Thomas's book online. People could purchase it. They could call me and they could have me do talk, do a podcast or an interview. Pretty much that was it. Now, not only this, I'm doing keynotes to major corporations. I, I spoke at universities and colleges. Um, I'm working, doing stuff for one of the local colleges and that as well now. And I, I've, I've actually done training seminars in online in Dubai, um, Australia, um, you know, San Diego. You're right. It is a moving target because the more good things happen to you from this goal and mission that I have in my life, the bigger my vision gets. And so absolutely, mm -hmm. if our goals aren't always getting bigger and aren't these moving targets, then I think we're sitting on our laurels too much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's an important thing you brought up too about, um, you know, your self-image or self-concept, because I read a lot about that. Yeah. Um, Neville Goddard, for one, uh, is someone that I follow in terms of self-concept. And it's something I've had to learn myself. And I think people struggle with that probably the most, I'm yeah. thinking, out of, out of a lot of this. Is that something you cover within your within your training and your Absolutely. experience? Yeah. One, one, one of the, the biggest things in the chapter, one of the modules is actually on something called imposter syndrome, having a healthy in, um, mm -hmm. image. And, and, mm -hmm. and, and you know what? All of us experience it. So many times people think that they're broke. There's something wrong with them. And for the sake of not being embarrassed, we just don't share it. But I have talked to some incredibly successful people in my life, some of them that are billionaires, literally. Some of them that, you know, are successful, you know, in, in, in different things of their lives. Some of them, one of them is a, a world-class race car driver. And we got talking about these things and they have the same fears. They have the same apprehensions. They have the same self-doubts. The only thing is, is that they can look at those thoughts and really challenge them and say, is that really true, even though I'm thinking it? Mm -hmm. And so what they do is they sort of like, disarm those beliefs like saying no maybe it's not true maybe this came from some time in my life where i was kind of vulnerable and it's not true and the problem with most people unfortunately is that all the things we were taught as a kid and you know we believed them at face value because we had no reason not to believe them and mm -hmm. up to the age of 10 7 to 10 for the average person we don't have the ability to critically think so everything we were told as a kid we took it at face value and we never challenged it. 
Mm -hmm. And 99% of people today as full grown adults still operate on that belief system that they developed as a child and they've never challenged it. So what I do is I help people challenge that. And it's amazing how quickly somebody will say, no, that's not true. Why would I even believe that? And once you get to that realization that you control your thoughts and you get to control what you believe and don't believe, it's this aha moment that happens in people's life because they realize that I have complete control over my mind and I have complete control over my life. So there, I, I'm getting going there right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you're excited about this. No, that's, it, it makes perfect powerful. sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's crazy. It makes perfect sense to empower people for their self-actualization. Yeah. If they can take a little pause and say, okay, all these feelings, all these ideas are overwhelming me. Maybe yeah. I'm not that. Maybe I can analyze it a little bit. Let, let me interrupt you and tell you this crazy story. <laughs> this guy I started working with about a year and a half ago. His name's Graydon Bunn. And he's up near Northern Ontario and he's a, he's a great guy. He's got a wonderful family. He's just a hardworking guy. He works in construction during the day. And when I, when we started talking, he said, you know what I want to do? I want to be a race car driver. He was a guy who's 40 years old, wants to become a race car driver. Doesn't know what a race car doesn't do nothing. And I said, well, why don't you? And he goes, how do I do it? So we started talking and, and you know, say, well, look at options. And, and I told him, I said, you have something that's called an RES in your head. It's called a reticular activating system. And he goes, what's that? I said, well, let me ask you this. I'll show you how, what I mean by this. Have you ever bought a car and then you're driving down the road and you know what you see? Everybody else who owns that car, right? Mm. Not because there was a major sale and more people bought it. It's because your mind has this incredible ability. Over the course of a day, you have 60 or 70,000 things come into your mind. This reticular activating system has the ability to sort through all the useless gunk out there and bring the things into focus that are relevant to what you like and want in your life. And that's why you just see that thing. That's why you'll be at a coffee shop. You'll be incredibly loud, but you'll hear a conversation across the coffee shop talking about something that's of interest to you. So I explained that to him, that he has this reticular activating system or an RAS. And I said, I'll tell you what, Graydon, if you focus on this is what you want to go, want to do in your life, you won't believe the opportunities they'll start presenting or the things you will see that you never saw before. They were always there, but you just weren't picking up on them. A year and a half later, this guy has raced for three different race teams in three different series around Ontario. Hmm. He and his best buddy have started um, a racing podcast, which is now almost becoming number one in Canada. Awesome. Because this was his passion. It was mm -hmm. always there, but nobody, and he told me, he said, Jerry, I just never believed a guy like me driving a, um, a front end loader every day had the chance to do that. And I said, but a lot of people told the deaf autistic kid he'd never get behind the wheel of a car one day, and he never listened to him them either, and guess what he's doing? Mm -hmm. And that's the key, and that's the message I want to get out. This is how we reinvent ourselves, is that we don't listen to other people. I, I believe I, I'm strong in my faith. I don't believe God makes junk. I believe we're his most incredible creation in this universe. And I truly believe there's not a person on this earth that wasn't created to go out and do something special. We've just got to clear away all the gunk mm -hmm. and find out what that is and make it happen. Mm -hmm. 
Do you think people have a fear of what they'll lose if they if they don't move forward with their you know yeah. their goals? So and I, what I mean is you know the people that are currently in their lives they may have to make a major shift and those people might fall away because they may yeah. not understand mm -hmm. yeah. you know this goal or what you're trying to do or maybe it means that you're not hanging out on the weekends and going out and and, and all those kinds yeah. of things and. Um, I think there's a big fear that pe people are afraid of what the unknown is as well, right? Yeah, you, you nailed it. There's two, um, in my experience, and again, this just comes from my experience of talking to people, there's two major fears that people have. Number one is that they they don't know what they need to know. And that's easy to fix. You just take the time and learn it. But here's the big one, is that most people are afraid about what other people are going to think of them, especially if they fail. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I'll, I'll tell you, I still deal with that to a degree, but I, when I was younger, I used to always be fearful what my family would think my friends would think, or who does he think he is like, come on, give me a break. And then somebody said something to me a little while ago. He said, he goes, you know what you would be, you'll stop worrying about what other people think when you realize how little they actually do think of you. Because <laughs> let me ask you 99% of your thoughts today, were only focused on you and your family and your life, right? They're not thinking about you. So I always tell people, you know, get off your high horse. They're not looking at you anyways. Mm -hmm. So don't worry about what other people think because they're really not thinking about you anyways. Mm -hmm. And what I'm noticing is the people that aren't doing anything themselves are the ones who tend to want to speak up and say something to you. But the people that are trying something, they're the ones that are there going, you can do this. You, you exactly. know, yeah. And you're right. We will move from different circles. Some people, you know, we have friends, seasonal friends. Doesn't mean they're good, doesn't mean they're bad. It just means that they're there for a season of our life. Mm -hmm. Now, there's certain people that have come through my entire life with me. I'm not just my wife and my kids and my my siblings and my my dad, but there's other people because we have a commonality about it, um, what we want in our lives. But you're right. There are some people in our lives that, you know, not that we leave them behind, they'll just go down a different path. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a tough thing. That's a sad thing at times because we lose those relationships. But we have to understand that, you know, no, nothing's permanent. Mm -hmm. Change is the only thing that's actually permanent, if that makes sense. It's some oxymoron. Yeah. Change is the only thing that's permanent. And yeah. human beings live in small communities. Yeah. We, can't, we can't physically live in a bigger community than 150 members. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of science that's been done around that, that you've yeah. got like a tiny group of close friends. You kind yeah. of know sort of 50 people. Yeah, there's another hundred on the extremities yeah. and then that's your world that's it. yeah and for me because i deal with a lot of people from a professional point of view my circle is very very tight i would say there's maybe two or three really key people outside of my wife mm. um that i would share my utmost feelings with mm. and i'll be honest they're they're family mm -hmm. you know and so that that's about it and mm. so but that's okay some people like those big circles I don't, I, um, you know, I, I, I shouldn't say I don't like, I like being very social with people, but it's like you, you, you have your own little masterminding group of people who support you and you, I can honestly say that the people closest to me, I want for them what I want for myself. Mm. And it's nice to have people that if you do fall, they don't say, ah, gotcha. No, they'll mm -hmm. say, what can I do to pull you back up? And those are the circles that are really genuine and authentic in our lives. And that's what gives us that community. And that's what connects us with those people. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, we don't need any I told you so's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plus through failure, we're always learning, right? I think there's this, yeah. this big fear of failure 
Exactly. Um, if we try something, how we're going to appear to others. But if I think if you try something, I think that already puts you ahead of people who aren't doing anything. <laughs> yeah. I think back to when Joe and I started the podcast and we recorded a bunch of episodes and then we didn't publicize it. We reached out to that small little inner sanctum group and we were like, hey guys, what do you think about this? Is this resonating? They yeah. came back with very honest feedback. We were like, oof, okay, that's not what we wanted. Yeah. We went back to the drawing board, we tried again, and then we came out with the yeah. Connectus podcast. Um, yeah. So little tests in private with trusted advisors can often get you uh, oh, it, further ahead as well. Especially where you know that they're coming from a point of love and support. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and and that's so important when you beta test and to have those because, you know, they want to help you. And, and so, no, that's great. Yeah. So what advice would you give someone who's just starting their journey of reinvention? You know, if they're feeling unsure, feeling overwhelmed, where, where, where do they begin? But maybe they have an idea and something they want to try. I, yeah. The first thing I always tell people is say, look, first of all, you got to stop beating yourself up and you got to stop saying, look, I'm 50 years old and I haven't done anything in my life. I said, you got to stop that because that 50 years during that time, you learn to overcome a lot of adversity in your life. You developed an incredible amount of skills. So you've got to stop the negative self-talk. You basically have trained at this point in your life. And I'll be honest, when I, when I started this two years ago, I said to my wife, I go, oh man, I wish I would have picked this up, you know, um, 20 years ago. And she says, but Thomas would have only been 10 years old. You wouldn't be able to buy a car. It's it, everything, you know, it all yeah. comes together. So the first thing I tell people, I said, stop beating yourself up. If you have a burning desire, there's only one day where that's going to stop, ha stop happening. And that's when they pat your face with a shovel. And I, I, I don't mean to be crass, but that's pretty much it. Up to that point, you know, so I tell folks, I said, stop beating yourself up and figure out what your why is. What, what, why you want to do this. And that's so important. So many times I'll ask people in the financial industry in particular, I said, why do you do that? And they'll say, you know, I just like helping people. I said, great, but why do you want to help people? Well, because I feel it's my obligation. Okay. And so I do this seven step layered um, exercise. Five wise or seven wise? Or yeah, it's yeah. seven wise. <laughs> seven wise. <clears throat> it's not till the fifth one that you get out of your head and into your heart. It's only when the why is heart driven. Mm -hmm. then you can really do it. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with the listeners here. Here's what mine was. And it wasn't just the why that it started two years ago. It was, it was some time ago. And my why was, I was, and it's emotional to me, is I, I, I was tired of feeling like a loser. That's what my why was. And I wasn't going to feel like a loser anymore. Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to feel like a loser. Everybody looked at me and says, you weren't, but I felt like one. But I couldn't get to that why up here. I had to get it into my heart. So I had to date. And so you find out what the why is. And in that why every day, all I got to remind myself, they'll say, you got to make a call or you got to do this. And you're going, oh, I don't want, I'm tired of this. And I said, no, I don't want to be a loser. I don't want to feel like a loser. Mm -hmm. And believe me, it gets, gets me going. And so, and, and, and I always tell people say, well, I don't know what I can do. I don't know what my skills are. I don't know how I can make a difference in people's lives. And I'll tell you this, I'll say, look, you're most qualified to help the person you used to be. So oh. you look back, you look back at what you've overcome in your life. See, mm -hmm. I didn't feel good about myself at one stage of my life. And here's what was ironic about that 
if you had seen me from the outside in at that time, you would have thought I was the most one of the most successful people you knew. Mm. Nice home, nice part of the city, beautiful family, nice cars, doing mm. the holiday stuff, all that kind of stuff. And I didn't feel good about me at all. And I didn't like that. When I went to bed at night, my eyes were like snowballs staring at the ceiling, not happy about who I was. Mm. And so I've taken that experience and said, I don't want to feel like that. And I don't want other people to feel this way. So I can show them how to do that because that was me. And so that's what I realized. I am most qualified to help the person. And I found out there's a lot of people out there that feel exactly the same way I did. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing in everybody's life. My son, Thomas, can teach people to do something, not just drive a car, but to do something they didn't think was possible. He can show them that, yeah, they too can climb a Mount Everest, even if nobody thinks they can. And mm -hmm. that's the wonderful thing of us as human beings with our experiences. What we've done enables us and qualifies us to make a difference in other people's lives. I provide a lot of free content and it allows somebody to access if they want to get a hold of Thomas's story or if they want to enroll in the Zero to 100 Mindset um, Academy. They can do that or they can follow me on all the social media links. But right now we have the one course and we're also providing all the free content and it's an opportunity where people can share and reach out to me and say, look, um, can you help me? And, mm -hmm. and that's what I'm all about. And, and hopefully if I can't help them, I know enough great people out there who I can lead them in the right direction to get to whatever that is they need to do to get to where they want to get in their life. And that's what we love about the connectors because we're always meeting new people that we can yeah. connect each yeah. other to. So that's what we love about creating this network. Yeah. Um, and we'll make sure that we put that in the show notes and that our listeners have access to all the links that you've shared. Perfect. Perfect. Mm -hmm. And we want to thank you very much for giving two of our listeners a 50% off code to yes. the upcoming course that you're offering. Can you tell us more about this program and the course? Like yeah. Today, so they, the Zero to 100 Mindset Academy uh, or Mindset Experiences, I, I was fortunate enough to record it live. I, I tried to record another course um, during the pandemic, but it was me standing in front of a camera in a closed studio. And it just, I kind of work better. And, you know, when I'm in this kind of element here talking with people. So I recorded it back in May and it's, it's in total, it's about four and a half, five hours of instruction. It's broken down into eight modules with exercises at each one. And each one of these exercises and each one of these modules, they cover the tools and the resources and the understanding for the things that I had to deal with so I could get to where I want to go. And they deal with the things that 99% of the people I'm working with. So like I said, at first, we, we talk about our mindset and why we think the way we do. And then not only that, we do a sort of like take an inventory, a mindset inventory. Like, what do I believe about this? What do I believe about that? And then we challenge those thoughts, those beliefs, saying, is it really true? Maybe it isn't true. Maybe there's not enough facts and figures to substantiate it. So how can I start thinking differently? So we talk about taking those things off and disempowering those thoughts and creating new habits. And, and um, you know, there's, um, before we go here, if you like, I'll, I'll give you a really um, neat little example on how people can set really good habits very, very quickly and stick to them. So we teach people how to do that. And we, we teach people how to um, develop a good self-confidence and, and then deal with probably one of the biggest issues most people have in business and in life is to deal with procrastination. And it, because I found that if people are very good at taking action, massive amounts of action and not procrastinating, 
that's the key. That's when you get things done in our lives. And most people procrastinate and they think it's a character trait, meaning that they're lazy or they're not motivated. It's not. Procrastination is a, is an, uh, uh, it's, it's not a cause. It's an effect of some other underlying issue. And once we address that underlying an issue, it's mm -hmm. amazing how fast we can start um, getting things done in our life. And there's just simple strategies you, you can do to fix that as well, too. And we cover all that stuff in the course. And, um, you know, I'm overwhelmed by the response we're having with it. And I'm overwhelmed with the testimony as I get back. And my gosh, we got guys driving race cars that never thought they could ever do that right? <laughs> as a result of doing that stuff. So, yes. Yeah, so what I will do is I'll provide you a code so that if two people, you know, you want to give it to two people um, or have a raffle or whatever it is, um, I'll give them a code and it's 50% off. It's 99 US. So believe me, I spent some, I've, I've put three kids through college and university. I know what tuition and costs are and the courses I take. So it basically it'd be half price for 50 US dollars. So I'll get you yeah. that code as well too. That's and amazing. Thank, Thank you. you that's for very offering good. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's super generous of you. And I definitely encourage anyone who's listening to read Thomas's story, to look yep. at the new Millennial Success Academy, to sign up for the course. Yeah. Even 99 bucks is not a lot. <laughs> no, it's not. It really isn't. I, yeah. yeah we're, we're all used to, that's less than a night out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> these yeah. days, absolutely. Now, exactly. I just you you said something that that made me think of something else, and I I uh, I don't want to put you on the spot. But no, no, go <laughs> you, ahead. You talked you talked a little bit about um, so someone who might be a procrastinator or someone who hasn't figured out how to get around their self concept or you know that for someone who's maybe been through a lot of trauma that might be difficult, yeah. right? And as far as what I do know is that sometimes procrastination can be because it can be because of trauma it's hard for someone to move forward yeah. because maybe how they might have been berated in the past or who knows what yeah. their experience was i'm just curious if you ever encounter are the people that usually take your program they're they're already signed up they're in it they they want to do it so they've kind of already wrapped their head around that mindset or have you ever experienced anything or anyone yeah. where it could be a little bit of a struggle because there's some of those underlying things yeah, and, and you know what, and, and I'm not going to ever come across and say, folks, I'm the be-all, end-all. I, I, I dealt with a, a fella and his um, wife, talked to them individually, and together as a couple, and there were some things that had happened in their family, some incredible pain and loss that they experienced that, you know, a professional counselor or therapist would have to be brought into that to do that, and I would never, ever take that on and say, look, I can fix this. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can be empathetic because I, I you know, I think I, I'm very good at, you know, looking at somebody's situation and in seeing that, yeah, this is a real issue. This is a lot of pain they're going through, but I certainly would never misrepresent myself or them by saying we can fix them through that. Cause yeah, there's some real trauma that people have gone through in our, their lives that, you know, what the, the, the best approach is to go to somebody who is professionally trained to do with, deal with that stuff. But I have found that I would say 95% of the issues that people have, and this is exciting for all of us, it's carburetor adjustments. It's mindset, just changing our perspective on things. And when we do that and that, and we start believing that, yeah, maybe I can do that. It's not just that person. It's not just that person. It's not just that person. Maybe I can do it. Mm -hmm. And I, I'll tell you, when people give me these success stories saying, you wouldn't believe it, I did this. I knew they could do it. 
<laughs> but they just never believed they could do it. And it, it's the most exciting thing in the world. So yeah, there are people with incredible trauma and stuff. And I certainly never want to make light of that. But for most people, you know, we can do some simple fixes. Takes the time though. They got to put the time and effort into mm -hmm. this stuff to constantly get better on a daily basis to improve. But people can start seeing change immediately. Amazing. Yeah, I think once you're committed, um, you know, to positive self-talk, positive reinforcement, po yeah. you know, working with positive people that you know are going to help with that mindset shift, uh, it can do wonders for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Well, I do hope to meet you in person at some point, Jerry. I'm sure I will run into you in the Absolutely. city of London. It, it is pretty small, and now we yeah. we know we have mutual uh, connections. So, Absolutely. I thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and your wisdom and your purpose. It's been a great conversation and I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's actually, I just love getting out and chatting with new people and, and you guys are doing a fantastic job. I've been following your, your podcast as well too. And each week, you know, it, for, it, it gets better and better all the time. And that's what oh. we're looking to do. So I love listening to it too. And it's been an absolute pleasure for being, um, you guys having me on today. If you've got a story inside of you, consider pitching it to us, the connectors. Get in touch with us on any of our social media platforms and either Joe or myself, Quinton, will get back to you. So come join us on the show and let's connect.